I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. <laughs> Kia ora and welcome to the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I am your host, Jordan. I am mum to two beautiful little boys, Jai and Ali. I also host the Your Birth Project online hypnobirthing course and the Mini Kiwis First Aid course for parents of under five-year-olds and I have an online store attached to Your Birth Project which encompasses everything pregnancy, birth and postpartum related so just absolutely love that side of the business. I'm also a very, very passionate storyteller and a lover of all things birth so hence why I am leading you on this podcast. I'm not an advocate for any particular type of birth or model of birth care. I am simply here to hold space for this platform for you to share your beautiful stories with us all. You'll hear stories of joy, of heartbreak, of love, of loss, and each family has a different experience to share. I'm trying to bring to light stories that we often only tell in the darkest of places or to our closest of friends, but really are so important for everybody to hear. So I hope that you love the podcast of these beautiful families all over Aotearoa and I will let you jump into the podcast now. Enjoy. In today's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales I speak with Anna and Anna takes us through her story which she unfortunately experienced a miscarriage at 10 weeks with her first pregnancy. So she talks us through what that was like for her and how that sort of impacted their following pregnancy. They ended up falling pregnant about two months later with little Reuben and everything was going fine until their 20 week scan where they discovered that he had CDH condition so I'll let her talk through what that means, she'll do a much better job than I would Uh, but basically um, it can be pretty life threatening and they give some really scary statistics when they had that scan so she talks us through what that was like for her and her husband Matt and then into the rest of her pregnancy story story into her birth and then what happened postpartum so I think she's got a really important story to share and if you are a mum who's had a baby in special care or eventually does have a baby in special care I think this episode will be really useful and she gives some great tips as well as just a piece of connection for you because it can be a really lonely time so she talks us through her story I'm really grateful that Anna joined me and I hope you love the episode. Hey Anna thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hi, thanks for having me. No worries. Would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about you and who is in your family? Yeah, so I'm from Tauranga. Um, I have a husband, Matt, who we've been together for about eight years. We've been married for nearly three years. And we have our little rainbow boy, Ruben, who is seven months old. (laughs) Awesome. Very cool. And do you want to talk to us a little bit about what the journey was like to pregnancy for you and Matt? Yeah, so we were trying for a baby um, for about a year and a half and sort of struggled to get pregnant. 
Um, and then I finally got diagnosed with endo. Mm-hmm. So um, I went private and had surgery. And then within six weeks later, I fell pregnant. Wow. Uh, yeah, so it was crazy that I was finally all sorted and that would have been stopping us from getting pregnant. Mm. That was in August. Um, and then in October, we went on our late honeymoon. I was 10 weeks pregnant and we were in Lake Tekapo. And I just started bleeding, um, and I said to Matt, something's going wrong, and I just knew that moment that we had lost the baby. Mm. Yeah, so that was really worrying. We phoned Healthline, and they said to go to Timaru. That was the nearest hospital. Um, and then, yeah, unfortunately, we lost that baby at 10 weeks. So yeah. that really hard. Like, once you see those pink lines on that pregnancy, mm. You sort of plan your whole life around it. Yeah. How did you deal with that at the time? And do you want to talk us through a little bit about what happened like to you and your body? I guess we have lots of people who listen to the podcast who um, have either had a miscarriage or could potentially have one in the future, I guess. So um, it's important, I guess, that we talk about it. Yeah. So it just started like getting cramps, I guess. It was just like a bad period. Yeah. Um, and it just got heavier and heavier. We were in the hospital and it, I just remember just feeling so numb, like just absolutely mm. just couldn't imagine what was going on. Yeah, and it was just really painful, like it just kept coming. Um, so we spent a few days in Timaru Hospital um, and then we went to Queenstown and we're on our honeymoon, so we're still just trying to have fun. And, yeah, just a couple of days later, just, like, blood kept coming. I remember mm. stopping at um, petrol station on the way up to dinner and more blood kept coming out and it just felt really sad. Like, yeah. I, it was the end of it coming out. And then I sort of left feeling like I just sort of left my baby in a mm. petrol toilet. Mm. Yeah, it's just such a horrible thing to go through. Yeah. Yeah. I um, light a candle on my due date and we still remember the little little bubba. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think um, there'll be a lot of people out there that can sort of relate to that loss in the first trimester of pregnancy and it's just, yeah, I really, really feel for you and anybody else that's gone through that. Yeah, it is really hard and I guess if you haven't been through it, you wouldn't actually know how hard it is. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then, so that was really hard, and I didn't want to try for another baby. And we sort of waited about two months, and I was like, yeah, I think I'm ready again. Um, And then it just happened two months after that, so it happened fast. Yeah, wow. Um, Yeah, and just up until that 12 weeks, I was really worried, anxious. Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't want it to happen again. Mm Mm-hmm. Found out at 12 weeks we were so excited because we're in the safe zone. Yeah, and did you do, like, the sort of scan at 12 weeks or did you do scans before that? Um, We did one at six weeks and everything was fine and then at 12 weeks as well. Cool. And so were you under a midwife for your care this time? Yeah, I was. I was with um, a group midwife, but I found it wasn't really working, so then I went to another midwife and they were amazing there was two of them there yeah awesome cool and how did you feel in that first trimester like I know you talked about being anxious um after your pregnancy loss but 
apart from that, how were you feeling in yourself and did you have any um, sort of major pregnancy symptoms in that first trimester? Um, I just felt really hungover. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, felt hungover for like the first two months and just went off all meat. Like normally Mm. I'm vegetarian. Just hated it. (laughs) Told my husband to go and like cook away from me. Yeah. (laughs) But other than that, I felt quite good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And what about into your second trimester? So did you do the sort of standard testing that's offered in New Zealand and did you want to find out the sex of your baby? Yeah, well, originally we weren't going to find out the sex. Um, but then we had our 20-week scan and while we were in there, um, everything sort of just changed then. Mm. Our scan done and the guy who was doing it just went quiet. Like I thought we seemed to be in there for a while. Um, and then towards the end of the scan, he just said, hey, guys, um, I've seen something here and there's something wrong with your baby. Um, <clears throat> uh, that we're going to have to send you guys to Auckland for a more in-depth scan. Um, me and Matt just looked at each other and we were like, what do you mean? He said, I can't really say, but it looks like it's a... Diagnosed called CDH, which is a congenital diaphragmatic hernia. Um, he said, don't go home and Google stuff, but that's exactly what we did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's when our lives pretty much changed. We were just so excited and, yeah, we read what was the condition and it was one in 2,500 babies saying that not many survive. Mm-hmm. So, I remember sitting in the lounge from about two in the afternoon till ten at night, pitch black. Me and Matt were just crying, mm. especially because we've just had the miscarriage in yeah. there. Yeah, it was just so hard. Mm, you poor thing. And what sort of happened from there? Like the ultrasound technician said you'd need to go to Auckland. Was that quite fast or like was it a waiting period? What happened next? It was on the Monday. So we had to scan on the Thursday mm-hmm. yeah so it was really fast um but they also gave us the um sex and envelope so we just sat there and opened it made it a bit more personal with mm. what the condition was as well yeah 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 and for sure. so one day we drove up to Auckland and I just remember um the drive like just not knowing what the scan was gonna be like and what that's mm. It just felt so sick waiting in that room for the appointment as well. Yeah. Yeah, and they finally called our name and they did the test and Matt was asking questions and I, you can't ask questions until after because we need to really have a look. Mm. They then sat us in a meeting room and said to us that our baby did have this condition and would we like to continue with the pregnancy? Had you thought about that before that question, like, was in front of you, you know? Did you know that that was a potential part of the conversation that you might be having after this diagnosis or was were you just unprepared for that question? Uh, we thought they might have asked us, but there was no way unless there was something really serious going on. We were just sort of in denial. Mm. Like, yeah, we just didn't want to believe it and we just knew in our hearts that we thought he would be a fighter. Yeah. Um, even though it was still really hard hearing that and they ended up offering us the 
um, anemotic, what's that one? Oh, the amniotic fluid test? Yeah. Yeah. So they offer that to us, and I was a bit scared because it's a high chance of you can have a miscarriage after mm. that. So that was really hard deciding. But while we were there, we thought we would just to make sure that he would have the best chance of life. Yeah. Um, so we waited for about five days for those results to come back. And then, yeah, it finally come back all good. Yeah. Yeah, and so what sort of happened from there? Like, obviously, that just changes the whole course of your pregnancy and I guess, like, your plans and, um, yeah, I'd love for you to talk us through how you were feeling and the sort of emotions that you had to process at that time and then what your plan was and how that might have changed after that diagnosis. Yeah, I just remember after the diagnosis, um, people were asking us about, the baby and congratulating us, but you just sort of don't feel excited mm. um, and yeah. ask questions. And it's like, we don't even know ourselves what's going to happen. I had to live about five months of my pregnancy, not even knowing if our baby was going to make it. Mm. Um, and then I'm an ACA teacher as well. So it was really hard working on mm. and they were asking us about the baby and mm, the poor thing. Yeah, it was just horrible. Like, I can't even describe it. I didn't want to buy any baby stuff because it's like, well, what if he doesn't make it? I'm going to be mm. stuff and it would just be, yeah. Um, so we were like that for probably about six weeks after the diagnosis and then every month we had to go up to Auckland to the maternal fetal medicine. Yeah. And every month we wouldn't know if his conditions got worse or what his survival rate would be one time they told us 30% that he would make it. But we just didn't want to believe it. Mm. We just knew that. We were just so positive throughout the whole thing, even though it was hard. Yeah. We just changed our mindset and said, no, he's going to make it. We'll talk to him every day. Mm. Yeah, we just really found the strength to get through it. Like, I never knew... I had that in me. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And did you stay with your midwife from a care perspective or did you have to transfer to, like, the hospital obstetricians or what was the sort of plan? I um, had a bit of both. So I still had my midwife in Tauranga um, and I'd go every week for a checkup. Yeah. Um, and up in Auckland as well, I also had the obstetrician there and another midwife. Yeah. And was the plan to give birth in hospital? And, yeah, did you have many thoughts around how you wanted your birth to go? And did you get many options? Um, oh, so it was the plan was if I wasn't um, in labour by 39 weeks, I would have been induced. Yeah. But because we live in Tauranga and his condition was so serious, we had to move to Auckland mm-hmm. through the Ronald McDonald House. Okay, so yeah. There at 36 weeks. Um. Yeah, just so if I did go into labour, he would be taken off straight away. Yeah, yeah. And so what happened from there? Do you want to talk us through, um, yeah, the move to Auckland and then into your labour and birth story? Yeah, so, yeah, 36 weeks we moved to Auckland through the Ronald McDonald House. Um, First week my mum actually came with me while Matt worked because we didn't know how long we would be out there Mm. for. 
and then Matt finally came. He was there a week before, um, and then I was meant to get induced on the 1st of November. But I actually had my placenta wrapped on the 30th of October. Um, was staying about 10 minutes from the hospital, and I woke up to blood all through the bed. Mm. I was so casual about it. <laughs> um, my mum and Matt said it was like I just caught a big fish. I was just <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just like we on. Mm. And, and mum saw the blood and was like to Matt, no, that's not normal. We need to get her to the hospital ASAP. <clears throat> I was like in the bathroom brushing my hair. Like, <laughs> just wait a minute, I'm just getting ready. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, our car was in the car park. We ended up Ubering to the hospital, like, with my pink suitcase while I was in labour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got to the emergency, and I just started to panic. Then I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't feel this baby move. I thought mm. we um, But, yeah, my placenta erupted, which was quite crazy. Yeah, and so how did they find that out, and what happened from there? Like, it's quite an emergency sort of situation. Um, yeah, they just um, had a look and saw what was going on and it just seemed like it had moved a bit. Yeah. And then just to go with the amount of blood. Um, and then from there, they did um, the hormonal drip just to get the labour on a bit because I had already dilated. Yeah. And from then, my labour was just like, I loved it. I was <laughs> I was laughing, like, once I had the gas, I was just cracking up for ages. <laughs> um, midwives were coming in to laugh with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I really enjoyed that part. And then I got the motion started to kick in, like you've seen the little bed set up with all the machines. Mm. And, and then that's when it really all kicked in that we're going to be seeing this baby soon, but we don't know what way it's going to go. Yeah. Yeah, and then I decided to have the epidural. Yeah. Um, and then from there, yeah, that was really good. It just relaxed me. Yeah. And so how long um, did you push for and what did you find that was like? And then, yeah, what happened once he was born? Um, I think I was pushing, oh, so I um, was about three centimetres dilated and then they checked two hours later and I still was the same. And then they randomly checked after 20 minutes, and then, bang, I was 10 centimetres. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I was like, oh, my gosh, thank God, because I couldn't do this for another few hours. Mm. And pushing for about an hour and a half. Um, and I'm, like, pushing because you've had the epidural. You think you're pushing really hard, but you can't feel it. Mm. Um, and then. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And they said, no, we, you really need to push or else you're going in for emergency because your baby's deteriorating. Yeah. 
So they gave me the forceps. Um, yeah, so they did that and they put him on me for a couple of seconds. The cord was actually wrapped around his neck. Yeah. And then, yeah, they took him off me and extubated him. Yeah. And did you expect that to happen? Like, is that what you thought would happen immediately after he was born or what, what were you sort of expecting? Yeah, so that was the plan. Yeah. He off me straight away, but it was actually nice just to have that couple of seconds mm. while they cut the cord because I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Yeah, so that was really nice. And then, yeah, yeah just seeing him get whirled off, like you're still in a bit of a daze, but it's more hit me afterwards to miss out, to know that I missed out on that time with him. Yeah. Yeah. And was it like obvious sort of when you saw him that he had this condition or was it not obvious? Like, did he look like you were expecting him to look? Yeah, I guess what uh, yeah, sort of just, went through your mind there. Um, he did just look like a normal baby, mm. um, but I didn't realize how bad he was. Um, yeah. He was like bright purple, running out of oxygen, mm. like uh, really, really panicked. Yeah. Yeah, so they took him away and then Matt went with him. Yeah. To see where he was going. Um, I couldn't see him for about six hours later because I had to get all cleaned up. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, when I finally saw him, it was just like, oh, my gosh. Just yeah. This baby. And I just felt really weird, like... I had to ask the nurses, can I hold, like, can I touch his mm-hmm. hand? Yeah. Didn't, like mine. Yeah. Yeah. And so what sort of happened from there? Like, obviously, you're still recovering from birth such a short amount of time ago. Um, and where was he? Like, what unit was he in? And um, what were they doing to try and support him? And was there anything that he sort of needed immediately? Yeah, so he just needed the breathing tube immediately just because his condition, um, his organs were in his chest, so his stomach and bowel, so they weren't allowed to get any air into his stomach. Yeah. Continue to squash his lung. Mm-hmm. So he was down in NICU for a few hours, and I was up on the maternity ward trying to get some sleep. Yeah. And then a few hours later, we went down to Piku, which is in Starship, to see him. Yeah. Um, and that's probably about 10 minutes away. Mm-hmm. Like you can get an orderly down there, um, but I couldn't walk, so I had to rely on them. Yeah. Yeah, and then we went down and seen him, and he's just connected to all these machines. And, yeah, it's just crazy to think your baby, that's your baby. Mm-hmm. But in a way, you sort of block it out, and you just want to try and be strong for them. Yeah, yeah. And I guess, like, was it a shock initially to see him in there? Like, I've had a baby in um, Skaboo and it was, like, a far less serious scenario, but it was still quite confronting. So how did you find, yeah, I guess seeing him in there and, like, did you know what you could and couldn't do? Did the nurses sort of explain to you if you could hold him or touch him or, like, yeah, what was that all like? Yeah, so I was really in shock when I saw him like that, but the nurses are just so reassuring. Mm. They try and get you involved, like, do you want to wash him? You can hold his hand, but we weren't allowed to hold him for six, 
stays. Yeah. It's had my hold. Yeah. Yeah, so I did find that really hard, being like, can I hold him tomorrow? And they're like, oh, no, no, not tomorrow. Mm. Too fragile. Um, and then he started to do really well, and they did surgery at three days old for him. Yeah. They put everything back to place, um, and there yeah, he began to do really well. And then it was just a rocky road up and down in there. Yeah, yeah. And, like, did they tell you sort of what to expect? And I know that they talked to you about, like, chances of survival when you were pregnant. Did they continue to use those kinds of words after he was born? And, like, did they give you a sort of prognosis on what to expect? I guess what was that like? Yeah, no, they didn't say anything about survival rates then once we were actually there. Mm. It, they just keep telling us it's up to him now what he wants to do. Yeah. Yeah, so we had some really good days in there, but one of the worst days was um, when I went back to Ronald McDonald House, Matt was visiting Reuben for the morning and said to me, oh, you can have a rest, you can come back. And a couple mm. of, I remember I was just lying in bed and Matt called me and said, you need to get here now. Um, and we nearly lost him that day. Um, yeah, I had to Uber there, and there was about 10 doctors and nurses just trying to save his life. Mm. Yeah, so that was really hard. Yeah. Just like, yeah, just so hard seeing your baby like that. And, mm. yeah, it took a while for him to come right and it, he went into SVT, so his heart rate went up to about 280. Mm. Yes, yeah. quite a um, few hard days like that. And then they said to us, oh, you're probably going to be here for about six months. We just don't know what's causing these. Mm. Um, and then after a week they said that to us, he just started nailing everything. He just started mm-hmm. waking drugs he's just like not stuffless and yeah he was just our little champ yeah yeah amazing and so how long did you end up spending in starship with him um all that was seven weeks so we're in Piku for five weeks and then they finally said that I could go on a ward with him yeah yeah so I was on the ward for about two weeks and that was just so nice but I was almost quite nervous because they said oh yeah. you're gonna be on the water him and I was like oh my gosh I haven't spent <laughs> a night with him yet mm, yeah and were you pumping or like what what were you doing in terms of breastfeeding were they encouraging you to do that or did you not worry about it what was that like yeah so I was expressing every three hours yeah yeah and I found that really hard like being away from your baby and then you're still expressing, like, waking up to him. For sure. And so how did that first night in the ward go? Yeah, that was that was really nice. I pretty <laughs> much um, go to bed. I just cuddled him because <laughs> I'd missed out on so much. Yeah. 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 And did you, like, feel like you processed that through that time, like, while he was in um, – like while you weren't on the ward with him, do you feel like you processed the fact that you'd missed out on that or was it not until you sort of had him there or was it not until you got home? Like what was that like? Um, Probably not until we got home. I think it all actually caught up with me. 
um, probably just the last three months I've found it the hardest. Yeah. Yeah, like I've been doing lots of counselling and, you know, I want to share my story and then I feel like I can close this chapter now. Yeah, 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 for sure. And so how long did you spend in the ward? Was it two weeks before you went home? Yeah, so we spent two weeks in the Starship ward and then we spent a week in Tauranga ward. Yeah. Yeah, and then he was our little miracle boy and we got yeah. home Dave that we were praying for. Yeah, amazing. And how did it feel, like, taking him home? I can only imagine that it's pretty surreal after, you know, all of that information in your pregnancy and diagnosis and then spending so long in hospital afterwards. What was taking him home like? I bored all my weight, like, <laughs> out from yeah. to home and just sitting in our lounge with this boy that we've imagined. Mm. Yeah, it was just amazing. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's so beautiful. And how did you find, like, adjusting, I guess, because you've gone from, like, you're obviously a mother while he's in hospital, but now you've got this baby that's just yours and you don't have anyone telling you what you can and can't do. And, yeah, how did you find that adjustment to having a newborn at home and and all of that? Yeah, it was quite full on um, to adjust and because he was still on quite a lot of medications and still feeding from the tube. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we're still doing that now. That's probably going to be an issue for quite a while just as he's not used to his stomach being there and how did you find yeah I guess adjusting to life as parents with him and what did he sleep like and were you breastfeeding or continuing to pump or did you formula feed in the end what was that like yeah I ended up um just going home formula because it I got mastitis oh yeah yeah and I just couldn't handle it because I had like emotional side of things and then yeah Trying to pump it was just all too much. Yeah. Yeah, and then being parents has just been amazing. <laughs> Enjoying every little moment with him because he's so special and we didn't think we would even maybe not be bringing him home. So, yeah, yeah we still try and get out and about and just enjoy life with him. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. And how do you feel, I guess, like, if you reflect on the fact that they told you, you know, do you want to keep this pregnancy and, you know, potentially there's a 50 to 30% chance of survival and now you look at your little boy and he's home with you and he's yours and, yeah, I guess that makes me emotional talking about it. I can only imagine how you feel. Like, how have you tried to process this whole thing? I guess I still, like, feel quite angry about it. Yeah, yeah. For them to tell me that and then to see how perfect he is. Mm. Yeah, you do feel really emotional and angry, just a lot of mm. emotion. Yeah, but I just look at him every day and I'm just like, how are you real? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And is there any, like, advice or I guess anything that you would take from your experience if you have someone else who – either has a diagnosis in their pregnancy that they wasn't ex- weren't expecting or they end up with a baby in Starship or in a special care unit? Like, is there anything that helped you get through that that you would recommend other parents doing? Yeah, I think you just got to really go with a open mind and know that 
because they tell you a number, it doesn't always mean that. Mm. Just got to stay positive. And the people in Starship are amazing. Yeah. The best, best doctors and nurses out there. And I think it's yeah. really important to talk about it as well. Yeah. And let others know that no other pregnancy is the same. Mm, for sure. And how is Ruben now? Like, what is he doing? And, like, what is he like as a baby? And I guess is there anything that you're still managing um, in terms of a prognosis and what things look like for you guys going forward? Um, yeah, so he's really relaxed. He's quite a happy, <laughs> real cheeky. He's doing <laughs> within his milestones, which they also said to us that he's going to be quite delayed. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just the feeding now. We're just trying to get him on the bottle still, and that just varies. Some days he's all for it, and other days he's like, nah, I'm just not into it. Mm-hmm. we just got to go slow with him and remember that he's been through so much in his life that it will take him a little while. Yeah. Yeah, and it does get hard. Like, people sort of forget what he's been through. Yeah. Just think that he should be doing everything normal now with feeding. Yeah. and stuff. Yeah, so I do find that quite hard when people are like, oh, what's that stupid tube doing down his throat mm-hmm. still? Like, and even it's amazing how many people tell you, like at restaurants or in shops, like what's wrong with your baby and stuff. <laughs> no idea. Yeah, it's just bizarre, isn't it, that people sort of. No. Yeah, yeah. And so how, I guess, you know, I know you talked about going to counselling and sort of trying to deal um, with everything that's happened in that way. Is there anything else that's helped you throughout that time that you would yeah, recommend or want to talk about to sort of help you get through that and process what's happened? Um, Yeah, I guess just I was exercising, like going for walks as well really helps clear the head. Yeah. I just tried to find ways to zone out Mm. and I'd sort of like put a guard up and just forget what was sort of happening. I did lots of affirmations as well. I remember when we were in Ronald McDonald, I covered the wall with positive things just to get me going. Yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. Cool. And is there anything else that you want to include in your story? Like I know we've covered a lot in a short period of time, but is there anything else that you want to include that we haven't touched on so far? Oh, one of the, I did find it quite hard when I was in the maternity ward when your baby's down in Paco. For a week I was up on the wards hearing other babies cry when you don't have your baby, Mm. which was really like I remember just being so vulnerable one night and I asked if I could go down and see Ruben and it took them five hours to get me a wheelchair. Mm, and I couldn't walk because I had um, lost three litres of blood. Oh, no. Yeah, so that was really hard. And then I guess um, as well, like my family wasn't able to see him because it was locked down. They didn't oh, of meet course. Him. It was two months old. Yeah, that's really hard. And how have they, I guess, like, how was it introducing them to him? And, yeah, what was that whole experience like? Oh, it was amazing. It was so emotional. Everyone that met him just cried, like, just seeing this little miracle and he was giving them big (laughs) smiles. It was just really beautiful. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Awesome. That's so cool. 
Well, I have really loved talking to you today, Anna, and I think you've got an incredible story to share. And I'm just grateful that you reached out and you were willing to talk with me today. I know there'll be parents out there who listen to this episode, and I'm just so grateful to hear what someone else has been through. And like you've obviously remained positive, and I just think you're incredibly strong and courageous. And yeah, I'm so glad that you've got your beautiful little boy at home. And thank you for talking with me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I hope you have enjoyed it and I look forward to bringing you another episode next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.